Welcome to the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 30 featuring Brody Barber from IndieVisionMusic.com. Before we get to the episode, I want to let you guys know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock is your place to go pick up your free 30-day trial as well as your free audiobook download. AudibleTrial.com slash KillRock. Go check it out today. Oh, 
that was Convictions with their song Sharks. You can go pick it up on iTunes as well as their Bandcamp. It is just a single right now, but they will be having a full-length album coming out in 2015. So get stoked for Convictions. We are stoked for Convictions, and we are stoked for today's episode. This is episode 30 featuring Brody Barber from my old website, the website I used to write uh, album reviews for and interview bands on. IndieVisionMusic.com. Yeah, it's a great place to go uh, check some news out, to go check out some album reviews. Uh, I love the guys there. I love all the reviewer writers there. Uh, I spend maybe a good over, probably more than a year there in 2011 going into 2012. And a little bit last summer writing a couple album reviews. Uh, great place to get some experience, especially when you're learning how to write, especially, you know, it, what really helped me out with indivisionmusic.com is it was the first place that I learned to send emails to publicists because yeah, uh, you know, Josh Murphy, he's, uh, kind of like the head writer, I guess, head editor, whatever you want to call it. Um, he would go out and. And he has relationships with these publicists. He would go and he would get, you know, the pre-released albums. So his album review writers can write the album reviews before the album comes out before, you know, when the publicist needs it, the publicist needs album reviews to be out the, the time the album is done, not a month later, not two months later, not a year down the road. For the most part, if you have a good publicist, you're going to have reviews written the first week. And that's how Josh Murphy would help us. But at the same time, he would CC us onto those emails, going to the publicist. And that's where I learned how to write an email to them. And also with that, I, I gained some connections because I was able to see who uh, he was writing to. And then I would begin talking to those people because I would have to, you know, dialogue with them as well to be able to get the albums, to be able to get, you know, the interview set up. Uh, when we started doing the video uh, interviews, it was a great help. Uh, I believe it was Josh and I believe it was Steve Sloan and um, a few other, actually uh, other publicists uh, helped me out, uh, found me, you know, the people that I needed to get to, to be able to get the bands that we've had on Indie Vision Music Presents which was what that old video thing was called. Uh, I've said it a million times, but I'm so proud of it. That's probably why I say it every week. You know, we had Under Oath, we had The Chariot, Oh Sleeper. Uh, we were going to have August Burns Red, and we were going to have uh, I the Breather uh, as well, and even Slick Shoes. We had Slick Shoes interviewed. We had the video for to release uh, a Slick Shoes interview for Indie Vision Music when they were you know, doing a couple shows, a couple reunion shows out in Chain Reaction and uh, I think one in Palmdale. But uh, technical difficulties really, really hindered that from being released. And it really sucks because that was probably one of the greatest honors that I've had was to interview Slick Shoes and also, uh, I'm sure for John Mediana, who was a former guest of the show, he could attest to this. It was a great honor to be able to shoot them as well. Because we got to shoot their live performance at Chain Reaction. It was actually the only interview that we ever did at Chain Reaction. Kind of a difficult place to record, to film, 
an interview because, uh, you know, there's no real place to go hang out. You know, if you're sitting in the back, you could still hear the band on stage because it's such a small venue. And at that time, it was, I believe, February, mid-February, late February, maybe early March. But it was super cold in Southern California. And uh, the band didn't want to go outside. So, not saying it was their fault. I'm not saying it was anyone's fault. It's just how the, you know, the tides changed for us. You know, John started getting busy. I started getting busy. You know, the Proja was starting to play more shows at the time. And uh, it was hard to put out those last couple interviews. But, you know, IndieVisionMusic.com, it was a great way for me to get my start. And, you know, without that experience, along with going to Musicians Institute, I do not think that uh, I would have been able to do this to be able to get the guests that we've had on the show. I, I think IndieVisionMusic.com all the time. Great people. I love it there. Uh, hopefully one of these days I could continue writing for IVM. Great. You know, there's a lot of news going on this week, last week, whatever. Um, we didn't do any uh, warped uh, you know, uh, warp tour after band announcement after shows, uh, because of the holidays, because of Christmas and New Year's. Um, so we're a little behind, but we are so happy that the Wonder Years is going to be on warp tour in 2015, as well as Matchbook Romance. Oh my gosh, I did not think that that was going to happen. I did not expect to see Matchbook Romance uh, announced on for warp tour or should i say matchbox romance that's what brian star said is it matchbox no bro matchbook that was my producer i don't know if you could hear him his name's keith settles so i'm having a conversation with myself as well uh yeah matchbook matchbook romance uh and then there's a lot of edm uh stuff that's gonna be that has been announced and uh, hopefully we're able to do a warp Tour band announcement show this week. Uh, it's kind of difficult because as of right now, I'm in the middle of moving. Uh, so it's hard for me to uh, set up interviews. And it's hard for me to uh, set up time and a place. Place is actually the part that I really need help the most. So if any of you out in Southern California, if you have a place where... Um, I could possibly come down, record an interview, a few interviews, nice and quiet, most likely cheap, <laughs> very cheap. I'll buy you lunch, something. Uh, yeah. So if you have any information on somewhere we could possibly go to record uh, more interviews and even warp Tour after show announcement episodes, uh, just email us at kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com and uh, give us a skinny. You know, is that lingo? Is that like, you know, is that modern day lingo? Give us a skinny or well, whatever. Um, but yeah, a lot of news going on, especially about the Warp Tour, uh, especially regarding Front Porch Step. Uh I'm sure that a lot of you have heard the allegations uh, for uh, or at least against Jake uh, Mech. I can't pronounce his last name for the life of me. Let's call him Jake Porchstep. Uh, 
you know, I am a firm believer in uh, innocent until proven guilty. And I am not a fan of, you know, calling someone out on Twitter or Tumblr, uh, especially when there's legal ramifications involved. That's not cool. Like, it's not, it shouldn't be the way to get your point across. Yet, that's just the days that we live in. And I am not sticking up for this man at all. Especially if the allegations are true. In which, you know, it's looking day by day that they're more true than false. Uh, You know, it's just a shame. It really is. And especially in the last year when we had, you know, the lead vocalist of the Lost Prophets. And then, you know, a guitar player from Newfound Glory all having situations with minors. And now you have this front porch step, probably one of the more up and coming artists, you know, today, right now, especially in this acoustic scene, especially in the punk scene, you know, he just had an EP come out on pure noise and I thought it was good. I think his music is really good, but now, you know, for myself personally, I have to delete his music I can't even listen to it because now I hear these songs about breakups and about all this garbage. Uh, well, it's not garbage. You know, breakups aren't, well, they are garbage, but you know what I mean? It's good music. Um, but now it is garbage because now what is he singing about? You know, you kind of have that thought in the back of your head and you never want to assume, but you know, Day by day, like I said, the allegations are seeming to be more true. And uh, if you go to the purenoise.com, I don't know if it's purenoise.com or purenoiserecords.com, but if you go to the Pure Noise website, uh, you'll find that his, you know, front porch step is no longer on the roster. Uh, No, I haven't heard anything announced. As of right now, I know there's a petition to get him off Warp Tour. However, uh, his picture and name are still on the Warp Tour uh, band roster, but we don't know. Uh, we know that Kevin Lyman came home from vacation early to deal with this situation, which really sucks because I don't think there's a more hardworking person in the music business than Kevin Lyman. I, I'm sure there are more hardworking people, but Kevin Lyman works super hard. And to have his vacation shortened from either really stupid allegations or just a really stupid man, you know, it really sucks. But, you know, let's hope for the best out of everyone, even, you know, even for Front Porch Step. I know a lot of people are really pissed off about it at this guy, Jake, this kid, Jake. Um, but you know what, let's, you know, let's pray and hope that he is able to move on in his life and get over this demon, these demons that he has, um, whether you want to believe that they're literal demons or they're just psychological demons, let's hope that he gets over this and that he becomes a perfectly legitimate citizen, uh, in the, for the world and he could write good music and continue on with whatever he does in his career. I know a lot of people are probably going to get mad at me about saying that. They were like, oh, how can you let this devil get away with all this stuff? Well, you know, I'm not saying let him get away with it. Let him reap what he sowed. But, you know, 
you can't hold a grudge forever. It's just life. You can't hold a grudge forever. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to make it to the status that he is right now, in which, in music terms, he's not at a high status at all, but he was building up to be a really, really high, high uh, status artist, especially in the underground scene. And now it kind of makes you question, you know, what all these bands are doing with their lives and, you know, with their free time. Cause I know touring, it's a busy, busy, busy life, but you do get a lot of downtime while driving. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully if we're able to do a warped, uh, tour band announcement after show this week, Wasim and I could talk about it and have a good discussion about this as well as, all the bands that have been announced, 10 bands have been announced since uh, the holiday break, the Christmas break, the break break. Up next, we're going to have Brody Barber from IndieVisionMusic.com. Let's get to a jam. Let's get to a band out of my area uh, in the Los Angeles County. This is a new band and their EP is bonkers super good this is at the helm this song is off their debut ep secondhand that was actually released this week this song is things that we were running from here on the kill rock podcast <laughs>
to the Kill Rock Podcast. Today, we have a writer at IndieVisionMusic.com, Brody Barber. Did I say your last name right? Barber? Yep, that's right. And it's uh, every, as everyone knows, uh, I used to write for IndieVision. Uh, I believe I came in maybe a few months before you did. Yeah, I'm not really sure how long I've been there now. It's probably at least like three years. Yeah, good. I wrote uh, in, I I did I did most of my work in 2011, so it has to be around that time. Yeah. Tell me exactly what you do, or tell I know what you do, but tell everyone else what you do. Uh, well, writing for Indie Vision is awesome. Uh, I uh, when I was in high school, well, I guess I'll start in middle school. Uh, I absolutely hated writing. I hated doing English assignments and all that stuff. <laughs> Right. Uh, but who doesn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, once I got to high school, I had this awesome teacher, uh, Mrs. Redding, who, you know, kind of taught me that you can write about cool stuff and stuff that you actually like. So that kind of like opened my eyes a little bit. Uh, and around that time, I got my hands on my first ever uh, HM magazine. And I was like, oh, I got to do this, man. This is, this would be the best job ever. Uh and since then, I've changed what I want to do as a career, but I've still thought that, like, music journalism was right. awesome. So uh, I guess I was, like, a freshman in college, probably, and I saw uh, the IVM, which is a site that I kind of, like, just found just from, like, being into music and browsing the web. I just kind of found it. I saw they were looking for new writers, uh, so I got in touch with... Uh, Brandon Jones, uh, uh, our the, boss. The one and only. Yep. And I shot him an email, uh, and he was instantly like, no, nah, I don't think, I think we've got this position filled already. And I was like, dang it. It was probably <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and so then, uh, like a couple months later, they put another one up, and I asked again, and they were like, all right, man, welcome aboard. What was your uh, first review? Um... What are they called? Let's see if I can find it here. I remember <laughs> my, uh, what was my first review? My first review was, uh, oh, crap. I have the band in my head. I just cannot think of what they were called, which it's really bad. They were a red chord band, and the only reason why I did it was because uh, Steve Sloan, I'm you know Steve Sloan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he was working for Red Court at the time, and uh, so he just brought this band to me, and I was like, okay, well, they're really bad. Uh, so I, yeah, I'll do a review for them. I didn't think like the first band that I would do is a really bad band, but uh, yeah. it was a past unknown actually. Oops. Past unknown. Yeah, um, <laughs> to those perishing, and then I did Southbound Fearing and. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask if it was uh, my ransom soul. Uh, those guys are actually from like right around where I live, so I know those guys. They were <laughs> on Bedford for a while. I like how when I say they're a really bad band, you just thought of the one that lives near you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like them as people. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god! Yeah. So my first review was a band called Theater Breaks Loose. Um, they're kind of like they're kind of like a pop punk band. Okay. Uh, and their album came out in 2011. So yeah, I guess that's when I started. Um, yeah, it was just a six song EP, like pop punk. They were pretty like IVM was pretty much just giving me whatever they had. Um, right. Because I've kind of moved into like the heavier stuff now. I guess is more of what I like specialize in or whatever. Yeah, I, so, th- I think from where, like, basically where I left off, uh, what, what was your first uh, real signed band that you did? Um, and how many albums did it take for you to get that signed band for them to realize that you were legit and they could trust you with that? Yeah, I know it took a while, um, probably, like, close to half a year or something like that. Oh, wow. Um. I'm not sure exactly what my very first one was, um, but I know that, like, um, doing Phineas's last album, like, that seemed, when when I did that, that seemed to be, like, when I got, like, a lot of really good feedback, and a lot of people were really into that review. The Last Words uh, Are Yours to Speak? Yeah. Which was a uh, great album. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, doing that one and doing... Um, there's uh, the last uh, To Speak of Wolves album. Like, those are two that kind of, like, stand out to me as, like, as maybe kind of like a uh, changing point, I guess. Okay. Career. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool with IVM um, because they do, uh, they talk about indie bands. Like, they talk about the independent bands. Um, and it is, like, it's a Christian-based uh, website, but... Not necessarily every band is really a Christian band. I think the the you have to have what a, a Christian lead singer to be, you know, published on Indie Vision. Um, you just recently did three album reviews, uh, three bands that are former guests on the show: Fit for a King, uh, Gideon, as well as Silent Planet. And you gave some really respectable scores for all of them. I want to know, though, which one is your favorite? Uh, out of those three, it's pretty tough. Uh, but I'd say I'd probably like Silent Planet's new one the best, honestly. Right. I, That's the one I'm, I'm like still listening to. Like I go to drive to work, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to listen to. I um, totally agree with you. Uh, I love Fit for a King. I love the new Gideon album. But... Um, it's kind of funny, like with Silent Planet, uh, I did grow a little bit up with them, 
when they were starting out. And a lot of these songs, like, it's kind of crazy, like, watching them, you know, practice them in a room, and all of a sudden, now they're on Solid State Records, and it, I'm so happy for those guys. They really deserve it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I've been following them for, I don't know, I found out about them probably, like, a month or two before they got on Scream the Prayer last year. Right, right. So, I don't know, probably a little bit over a year now, I guess. Um, but when I heard uh, Tiny Hands and saw the video for that, I was yes. like, why are these guys not signed? Like, how how can this happen that they're not on a label? Uh, yeah, and it was the same with Dayseeker, too, because I found out about both those bands at, like, the same time. Because I think I was looking at them both on YouTube and, like, Dayseeker popped up and the You May Also Like nice. thing, so... Because they're, they're totally, like, best friends. I mean, Rory's on the new Silent Planet album. Yeah. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. I remember talking with Garrett, and uh, we were t- I was like, so, like, you know, how are you guys really getting, like, how are you guys getting the success? You guys write great music. How are people actually hearing about you, though? And he, the first thing, first person he said was Sean McCullough from Phineas. Mm-hmm. Um you know, best friends in the whole wide world. They're going to tour together forever. Phineas and Simon Planet, it seems like. If they're not on tour, they're probably going to go on tour soon. Um, what do you think about these bands that are kind of this group of bands? Dayseeker, Phineas, Simon Planet, and I guess being as Notion is now jumping in. Just And I have Helix. I don't know if you've heard I, I have Helix, but they've, they're yep. a Southern California band as well. Kind of just latching onto each other and creating that brotherhood you don't really see that too often in the music industry nowadays yeah it's awesome like that group of bands that you just mentioned is like the first that i've ever seen of that right Uh, and it's it's something like really powerful because if they're not all on tour together then they're all scattered across the globe uh and so that gives them each uh, good opportunities to like talk to people about their friends right so that's awesome, and they're all doing like guest vocals on each other's albums and stuff like that. So, you know, somebody's listening to uh, the new Silent Planet, and they get to like Wasteland, and they're like, "Dude, he's that awesome guy with that beastly voice." Oh, and you read the the linear notes, and you find out that's you know the vocalist of I Helix, and you know, and and people are probably and a lot of people because I Helix, uh, I think they've done a nationwide tour, but. You know, they're still relatively unknown out there. It, you're going to see Nathan Mead on the linear notes from I of Helix, and you're like, who's that? I want to hear this band because his voice is just so strong, so powerful. And I think that's what Silent Planet did. They really gave their guest vocalists on this album room to be themselves. Like, Sean has that big, powerful growl. Uh, they let Rory sing, which... If you let Rory sing, it's going to further enhance any song. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not really a big fan of Being as an Ocean. I don't know how you feel about him. I'm so, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they gave Joel like a part that he could really run with. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I noticed, too, that I thought was really cool is like um, in, uh, I guess, First Mother's the song with Rory, right? Yes. Um, like, I thought it was crazy, like, how big of a spot they gave him. Oh, yeah, because I think they gave him a bigger spot than everyone else. Yeah, it's, I feel like he's singing more than Garrett, honestly. Like, he does the choruses, 
and he like screams like a verse or whatever. Right. So it's like I feel like he's got a really prominent presence in that song. Um, that was really cool. And I think that that kind of gives uh, that kind of shows how versatile Rory is because Sean could sing, but I think even Sean will tell you uh, you need to give Rory the singing parts because from what you know, from what I believe, that was from what well, from what I know. That was his first talent was singing, and he just built himself up into a screamer. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome because um, he's really good at both. I'd really say. Is. I can't yeah. wait for their new album. Yeah, I'm. I'm even pretty excited about the re-release of What It Means to Be Defeated. Yeah, I saw they uh, released a music video um, for Sleep in the Sea. That was the re-recorded version. Featuring. And that's, yep, featuring Garrett Russell, Silent Planet. <laughs> That's a, that's another cool thing too is the fact that like all these bands when they have music videos that feature guest vocalists they have the guest vocalists in the video. Yeah, right. I'm really cool. How do you Okay, now that we're talking about guest vocalists, if if everyone listening here is everyone listening, I just want to let you know, we don't have anything planned. This is just a conversation. We're we're just talking. Um we don't have anything structured, but since we're talking about guest vocalists, how do you feel about these guys? I have no problem with Maddie Mullins, but every band is coming out with a song featuring Maddie Mullins or featuring Garrett Rapp or uh, you know featuring all these uh, Craig Owens, Johnny Craig, yada yada yada. Uh, basically, just paying them to be on their album. How do you feel about that? Because Silent Planet, Dayseeker, Phineas, uh, I'm sure I Felix is going to have guest vocalists. They're doing it because they're friends. How do you feel about these other bands that are just putting people on their albums? Um, well, you bringing that up, especially the uh, Maddie Mullins, who I also I enjoy him. I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, um, Nothing wrong with I, Maddie Mullins. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of, I forget who posted it, but somebody posted a comment on uh, IVM. I think it was when... Uh, uh, Fall Star had Maddie Mullins in one of their songs. They were like, "Man, Maddie Mullins is like the Lil Wayne of <laughs> metalcore." <laughs> as far as as far as him being like featured in every song, which I think is kind of true. Um, I mean, I gotta say, on the whole, I I'm not too into all the guest vocal spots because a lot of times, more often than not, it seems like it's like some local band just trying to kind of break into the mainstream metalcore world so they get somebody you know they pay you know 500 bucks or whatever to get you know garrett rap on their album because they know people know who he is so if they're a color morale fan they'll go oh i gotta check these guys out because garrett's on this um yeah i totally agree with you uh and it's i i understand it's a way to kind of boost your album sales and to like kind of get yourself out there but how well is it really working i mean are these bands even like going on their twitters and facebook saying hey uh i'm on this album from this local band from so-and-so state go check it out are they doing that no they're just getting a paycheck yeah yeah so it's kind of unfortunate, you know, especially because I feel like a lot of the times the guest vocalists probably don't even have any sort of part in writing the lyrics or anything like that. They're just kind of yeah. phoning it in, you know, maybe recording a couple of different takes and then sending it back to the band. Um, right. Yeah. I, th- I think, 
Maddie Montgomery, he's put it. He put up a picture of himself recording guest vocals in the Devil Wears Prada bus uh, during Warp Tour. I forgot what band it was for, but I'm just like, man, like, I, and again, nothing wrong with Manny Montgomery. Great yeah. screamer, great person. But it's just kind of funny how, like, you know, I'm going to get on a record. Hey, how about I just record in your bus? And I guess that kind of goes along with the technology nowadays, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that depends on, you know, I don't know maybe he was more involved in the in the part but just couldn't find time to drop by the studio or whatever right you know it, it could go both ways exactly um let's talk about fit for a king because originally i was going to have you on for a album review wednesday um i don't want to scream it right now i don't want to hurt my voice <laughs> there it is um I wanted you have I wanted to have you on do album review Wednesday for Fit for King and Gideon, and uh, I read both your reviews. Um, but for the sake of my audience, the ones that aren't on Indie Vision Music that should go to Indie Vision Music after this uh, interview and episode, what makes you what gives you the feels, for lack of better words, for the new Fit for a King album Slave to Nothing. I just loved like how raw it was. I think like it wasn't, it didn't feel overproduced, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was recorded in a garage or anything like that. Right. But you know, uh, their last album, which I also liked, um, it just kind of felt it was like borderline overproduced, I guess. Which, um, which one was it? The Descendants re-release or Creation Destruction? Uh, both of them, kind of. Yeah, they were both kind of overproduced. Uh, they had like the really like high pitched singing and stuff, right? The, right. You know, and a bunch of like the weird effects and stuff that are getting like pretty popular in metalcore. Um, and so this one, I went into it with pretty low expectations, um, just because I knew they went through like some member changes and right. stuff like that, and I just figured oh, they'll probably just kind of phone it in, you know, just kind of ride out the success <laughs> a little bit, um, and. I was really uh, blown away by it, just the rawness of it all. Um, I really liked uh, the new edition of Tuck on bass. Uh, right, I thought right. Really he sound, good. He sounds really good. Live, uh, maybe, needs, maybe needs to work on it a little bit more, but for the sake of the album, he sounds amazing. And uh, when we were talking about Maddie Montgomery doing guest vocals, I think it was for Fit for a King. When, yeah. was, when I, that picture came out, I think it was for Fit. Yeah, and there's... Uh, those guest vocals on Slave for Nothing or or Slave to Nothing are awesome. It's, like I didn't know that he was in that song until I actually saw the music video, okay. which I I guess came out like right before I got my uh, review copy, so I hadn't heard like any of the songs off of it yet. Um, and I was watching the video where they're like in that truck in the back of the semi truck, yeah. And you see like Maddie Montgomery just like sitting in the corner, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Like that's cool, I guess. It's just like an Easter egg or something, and then he just like, gets up and starts screaming, and it just fit really well, and was really cool. What's your favorite song on that album? Um, I really like uh, "Young and Undeserving." That's a great song. Uh, "Slave to Nothing" is really good. Um, I like "Hooked" a lot as well, mm -hmm. and. Uh, 
a greater sense of self, even though that's like the single. I really like that one as well. Like the chorus to that is stuck in my head a lot. Right. I think that was one good thing. That's a really good thing about Fit for a King. They write really good hooky choruses. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, I don't know. I think that's part of the reason why Tuck is like such a good addition, I guess, mm-hmm. is just because he's got the voice where like you get the hook stuck in your head and you're not like annoyed. Like you right. can sing along to it as well because he's not like some impossible range. You know, so you're not like walking around like singing like a woman. <laughs> um, who would you say his voice sounds like? Um, I actually don't know. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that it reminds them of, uh, I guess his name's Bo from Sayasin, but I oh, never really Cove Sayasin that much. Cove, yeah, Cove, yeah, Cove, yeah. That's what. That's I, exactly what I was gonna say too. It has. I mean, not all the time. There's a few parts. It's not like it's over in, in overabundance. Yeah, I've never really listened to Sayasin that much, though, so I, I can't really make a call on that. <laughs> go pick go pick up their uh, self-titled album. I don't think you'll regret it. Is that the one with the Beatle on it? Yes. Okay. I really don't think you'll regret it, especially uh, as a fan of bands like Thrice and, uh, you know, all those bands, all those old post-hardcore bands. Yeah, they're old yeah. now. Yeah, man. So let's talk about uh, Gideon. Let's talk about their album Calloused. Uh Not as raving as Fit for a King, from your perspective. Um, what makes it different from what? Or let me rephrase that. What keeps it from hitting that? you know, that, that bar, that Cyan Planet and Fit for a King kind of set, because all three of these albums are all coming out at the same time. I think that's the only reason why we're bunching them all together. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, like my review says, I enjoyed Gideon. I thought it was good. Um, and this is more of like, uh, from the musical standpoint of things, not necessarily like, uh, lyrics or anything like that. Right. Um, but I just felt like it didn't really have as much substance as the other ones did. Um, if that makes any sense, like, um, it just didn't feel like it had as many parts, uh, musically, like the songs didn't really like progress or go anywhere necessarily. Mm -hmm. It was just like pedal to the metal, just hardcore music, which is great. Like, you know, that's awesome to listen to every now and then. Um, but I just felt like it didn't really like progress at all. It was just kind of very straightforward. Um, yeah, just a good hardcore album, but nothing like super you know, fancy. Right. It's a lot of choruses and, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I have listened to old Gideon, but I don't remember ever hearing any clean singing on those albums either. Uh, I know they had a little bit on, uh, their first album costs, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, I think there was one song on there where they had a chorus, um, but yeah, it, this was like the first one where it's like, I feel like half the songs had choruses. Right. Um, and I feel like they were kind of hit or miss for me. Like, they were really catchy, really big, really hooky. Um, but they weren't exactly like what I was looking for necessarily when I'm looking for a new Gideon album. Right. I think I think the best chorus probably on there is this, the title track, Calloused. Yeah, that song is awesome. Very, it, that song hits heavy. Yeah, 
That whole uh, the bridge, the calloused cold, out of control. Yes, awesome. <laughs> it's so heavy, and then they start playing with the the whatever. It's yeah. like it's really good. I mean, the album's good. Um, you know, I think for me, if you're comparing both albums, I think, or at least Fit for a King and um, Gideon, the only thing I don't like about the Fit for a King album is that weird track in the middle that sounds like uh, like a, a Foo Fighters song. Yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily being Foo Fighters, but it's like, I don't understand how this makes sense in the middle of a heavy album. Because it's it it doesn't I mean soft songs are fine on heavy albums but it changes the whole feel of what's going on with Gideon I totally agree with you um, it lyrically I think it's fine uh, but musically the songs could have been structured a little better um, but it's also a good starting ground with this new sound they could go from that old sound. And this could be kind of that bridge into an album that a lot of bands usually do when they start with a new sound and it doesn't really quite do what they want. When they get to that third album, even though this is their fourth album, but when they get to that, you know, that album after that bridge album, they could blend in that new style with the old style and can create something that's out of this world. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, like, I'm I'm really interested to see them live play this new material because um, a I think it'll translate really well yeah. to a live atmosphere, uh, and also I'm curious to see like and it does it totally does this you know this album recorded eh, it's good but live holy crap if they don't sell a lot of albums at their live shows because people want to get that feeling of what they saw in their ears every day they're everything's it's just gonna be astronomical yeah and i think that uh the response to their live shows is going to get them some huge tours this upcoming year like i i can definitely see them uh going on like a big tour with like the ghost inside or something like that they would Uh, fit really well have you heard the new ghost inside album i have yeah it's so good yeah Far beyond what I ever expected because I like the Ghost Inside, but uh, I was like, okay, we're just gonna get in the same album like we've been getting for the last few album cycles. Yeah, and they're another band where like they're awesome live, like they're so huge, so heavy, like just larger than life live. But right. like they never carried over to me for uh an album but the new one is really awesome as well like it it captures that energy now see i'll never see them live because they're king's fans yeah um like i said that i saw them at warp tour um i guess it was probably three years ago Uh maybe two years ago i don't know it was right after the kings won the stanley cup though yeah and they were all on stage in like the hundred degree weather wearing their black king's jerseys every single one of them and uh, so, you know, it's at Warp Tour, and there are, like, thousands of people watching them. And I'm standing there wearing a shark's hat. <laughs> I was wearing it backwards and everything, like, standing, you know, just minding my own business on the side of the stage, almost. And uh, after they finished playing a couple of songs, their vocalist is like, 
thanks everybody for coming out. It's great to see you all. And like, he wasn't even looking at me when he said this. And then he just turns and points and goes, except for this guy in the shark's hat. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm trying to get him on the show. And if either I meet them in person or we Skype or whatever, I'm wearing a duck shirt no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to. I have to. And you know, we're recording this. Uh, interview on November 15th. The Ducks are going to be playing on the road at the Staples Center in a few hours. Totally, total amazing game the other night against the Kings. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was uh, it was quite a dandy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there have been some really exciting games this season. Really um, has. And being a Caps fan, I've got my fair share of overtime yes. already because I, they go to overtime more than any other team in the universe. Yeah, I, I'm feeling the Ducks are like getting there. The last four games were in overtime. The la- the game I went to went to overtime. Oh, overtime is stressful. Yeah, you get your money's worth at least, but you do. I feel like I can't enjoy it though, just because I'm like. Just on the edge of my seat, like yelling, yeah. freaking out. It's not good. I think uh, I wasn't there at the game on Wednesday against the Kings, but uh, I know I was pacing my floor. I was pacing my floor. I'm like, oh my gosh, we just tied it five to five with a minute left. I was pacing my floor until the end of the shootout. I was not having it. Yeah, if if. Uh, a game goes to overtime, like, don't even try to talk to me. Don't try to contact me in any right. way. Like, I'll get with you in half an hour or so, but I can't do this right now. <laughs> now, as a Caps fan, uh, is there any rival team anymore? Because you guys moved to the Metro Division. Um, I mean, I guess you still have that rivalry with the Penguins, but no one really seems to care too much about Crosby and Ovechkin, or Verso Ovechkin anymore. Um, seeing as how Crosby won a cup, sorry. Um, is there any real rival team to the Capitals nowadays? Uh, over the last couple of years, they've kind of started to form a rivalry with the Rangers just because they've met in the playoffs so much. Yeah, I was, that was Uh, probably going to be the only team that I could probably think of. Yeah. Cause like back in the day they had one with Carolina and that, that kind of died off. Yeah. Uh, Yes, it's pretty much just New York now and uh, the Penguins. But the Penguins one is significantly less than it ever was. Yeah. Uh, There's a little bit of one with the Flyers. Uh, I think it was like two years ago. I was at a Caps-Flyers game, uh, and I was in the bathroom uh, using urinal in between intermissions. (laughs) And there was a Caps fan on one side of me and a Flyers fan on the other, and they were yelling at each other like, (laughs) While we were all just standing there going to the bathroom, and I'm just like, all right, guys, just kind of duck my head down. (laughs) It's kind of weird. And we'll get back to Brody in just one moment. But first, I got to let you guys know that, like I said earlier, audibletrial.com slash killrock. Your place. It is your place to get a free audiobook download as well as a free 30-day trial to check out as many audiobook audio audiobooks as you can get as you can listen to audibletrial.com slash killrock it helps out the killrock podcast every time you sign up and you don't have to spend a cent no cents spent for you 
also, with all the stuff that I had to talk about in the prior segment, the monologue, as I like to call it, we have a new website. Killrockpodcast.com is online. Woo! I get no applause for that. I don't know why. But killrockpodcast.com, it's your place to go check out prior episodes of the Kill Rock Podcast. It is also your place to check out uh, our blog uh, where we're going to be posting news, where we're going to be posting whatever we can post. Uh, hopefully we can start doing album reviews. It's a lot easier to write album reviews and uh, rather than speak them here on the Kill Rock Podcast or talk about them. Uh, it's going to be your place to go check out stuff and also to find out how you could get a hold of myself uh, as well as everyone at the Kill Rock Podcast. Go check it out, killrockpodcast.com. This next song is by former guest Talking Trees. They are... On the Bad Christian compilation album, The Lineup, Volume 1, this is Weary Eyes, here on the Kill Rock Podcast.
let's talk about uh, something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure yours as well. Let's talk about Thrice. What? Where do you begin? I, I think that's like this. That's that's the question. Where do you even begin? I mean, uh, I got I got to uh, pull this guy out. Oh, you know what? I was gonna. I, you could still buy those too. But uh, did you go on the last tour? I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, if you guys, this isn't even a visual. This isn't even a video uh, podcast. But if you guys are uh, wondering what we're doing, we're showing each other each other's uh, memorable memorable Belia. Do you have the anthology CD? I do. So okay. this, is, this is limited edition vinyl colors too if you can't. The yellow? It's yellow. Or what is yeah. that? It's like a marble? Yeah, it's uh like yellow, orange and white marble. Is that off that's the VC one? Yeah. Go pull out your anthology CD booklet. Are you are you in there? Let's have a conversation. Get that booklet out. So right. as we're doing, okay, you got the CD, the last live album, uh, Thrice came out with from their last tour. There is a go to the group picture. This guy right here. Yeah, that guy right there. Now look front row. There's a dark shirt, and it looks like an old comeback hit album that looks like the Winnipeg Jets logo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> How's it feel? Oh, dude. To be immortalized. I'm like crying right now, like just thinking about it. I actually, I cropped the photo and it's on my, it's my <laughs> Mac background and it makes it look like, I don't know why I stand out so much in that picture, but I don't know if it's just me or if I, it, I just stand out. But yeah, honestly, when you said, look at the first row, that was where my eyes went. I think it's just because... <laughs> You're like dark, a dark shirt, and everybody else is like light. I think lighter. the exact same thing, and it's like it's like perfectly perpendicular to uh, the band because you know I'm kind of tall. So, yeah, that's my claim to fame. That's pretty awesome. I've played in a band for eight years, and my claim to fame is being in the booklet for anthology. <laughs> but I mean, you're in the band shot. You're practically like part I'm in, of the band. I'm in the band. <laughs> um how many times have you seen them so this is pretty sad uh oh god that was that was my one and only time ever getting to see them really yep and you know what is okay i won't that's that's perfectly fine because you got to see them play a song from every album they played uh kill me quickly they played under Killing Moon, which I never thought I'd ever see them play Under Killing Moon live because they haven't played that song for years. Yeah. Um, Kill Me Quickly, the first time I saw them was in 2007 in San Diego. And that was, I was actually surprised they played that song because that was after uh, Fire and Water came out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that the, all the songs they played. Um, one thing that might make you a little jealous, they played Stand and Feel Your Worth at the last show. Really? They did. Not trying yeah. to make you jealous. I'm really not. But I'm just saying. I, <laughs> it does make me a little jealous. 
<laughs> we were standing outside and we could listen to them sound check and you hear uh you start you hear the the uh what you call it the 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 beginning of the song which none of them played it was all like uh, pro- uh they were playing the tracks yeah it's like sampling it yeah they were sam- they sampled the whole beginning um and it's like and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like <gasps> they're playing it. Yeah, I thought the whole way they presented that last tour was awesome, though, where you could go yeah. online vote for what songs you wanted to hear. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. Cool. And the fact that they like honored that, like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, people people want us to play Deadbolt. No, we're not playing that anymore. <laughs> Uh, you know what? If I ever get them on the show, I really want to ask him what song got the highest vote. Yeah. Because I, you know what? If if real Thrice fans voted for that, I don't think they would have voted for Deadbolt. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, that's a song that I like, but yeah. I mean, I've I've listened to it enough times, like on my own, that I don't really need to see them play it again. And it, it, it's a great song live. Uh if anything, it's probably performed better live than the actual CD, Illusion yeah, of Safety. But, you know, I I would rather hear from that album To Wake and Avenge the Dead, which they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather I would rather hear them play In the Years to Come because, you know, that was actually one of the first songs that got me hooked on Thrice. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I really liked the mix, though. Yeah. They put stuff from everything. They did. It was great. It was probably the best last show i've ever seen uh same the first last show for myself (laughs) that day when they announced they're breaking up was just like uh i remember it really well it was just like a roller coaster because them and thursday both announced they were breaking up and that was the same that was the same day that five iron announced they were coming back and i love five iron frenzy so it was just like i couldn't be happy about five iron frenzy coming back because i was like (laughs) A part of my soul is dying. <laughs> now, fun story. Fun, fun story. I released the uh, review on Indivision for Major Minor on November 20th. Yeah. Guess what happened on November 21st? <laughs> they announced they were breaking up. They announced they are breaking up. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I, and then, uh, yeah, I took a lot of crap. You broke up thrice. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> If you would have only posted it like a week earlier, I know, right? Like, and then they would have broken up a week earlier. That was, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that, you know. And I think I, I feel like I saw them like a few weeks before that too. Um, I might be wrong though. Yeah, I know they went on a tour, like a tour before they announced that they were breaking up. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who they went with, but I was actually trying very hard to go to that show, and it just fell through. It was Oh Brother and Moving Mountains. Yeah, that's with, right. With La Dispute. That's right. Um, yeah. Went to I we went to San Diego for that one. That one was fun. Um Man. I think it's just a lot easier seeing them in Southern California than anywhere else because they did a lot of their tour practice shows over mm-hmm. in Southern California. So, you know, if they're when Major Minor came out, they did a show in Santa Ana where it, it wasn't even like a tour. It was just a random show. They invited a local band that, or not a local band, but an independent band that was on tour to join them on it. And, uh, basically just to try out the new songs live. Yeah. 
I guess, you know, every band does that, when, especially in their hometown. They want to get their songs, you know, they want to see how people respond. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty awesome because I didn't get to see him until probably like three quarters of the way through that yeah. uh, tour. Um, which, I mean, I guess the pros to that would be that they have all the kinks of their set worked out and everything. Right. But I still had to drive like three hours to get to that show. Um, so that's kind of a pain in the butt. Is that but a difficulty in the East Coast? Uh, venues are so far apart from each other? Um, kind of, yeah. Like, the big-name venues. Like, I, I saw them play at the Chameleon Club, which is in Lancaster. Right. Um, and so that's a pretty big-name venue. Um, but, like, a lot of the bigger ones are out in, like, uh, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, which is, like, two or three hours away from me. Mm. Uh, there are, like, a couple around Harrisburg which is not so much of a haul, but um, the promoters for, like, I don't know, it's some sort of common trend where it seems like a lot of the promoters for, like, the middle of the road venues around here are just kind of buttheads. <laughs> so like, a lot of bands don't really want to play those shows. Yeah. Uh, the problem with promoters. Yeah. <laughs> promoters suck. <laughs> Most of them do, yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah, most of them, especially at least the local promoters. Uh, I don't necessarily know too much about those big time promoters booking those big time shows out in the East Coast. Yeah, but they've obviously done something right if bands want to come play for them, though. So that's true. That's right. Um, Brody, any last things you want to say about? Oh, wait. First, first question. Favorite album? What's your favorite album? Thrice album. Thrice album. Um... It's kind of like picking a favorite child. I understand. Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's probably like a a tie between like Visu and Major Minor. Wow. I think you're the first person I've uh, met that uh, said Major Minor. Why is that? I just like every song on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it was... I don't know. I feel like going into it, they knew it was going to be their last album somehow. Right. So it just has like a completion to it. Like, yeah, there's closure. They, yeah, like they just wanted to go out like on their own terms. This is it. Yeah. Here you go. And so I just really like that about it. Yeah, I thought, I think it's, I think, excuse me, I think it's amazing. Very underrated album. I, I don't, maybe because they went that more alternative you know vintagey 90s sound even though it doesn't sound anything like the 90s or grunge yeah. at all but um it's kind of funny when you think about where they started they started with identity crisis first song on identity crisis was identity crisis mm -hmm. and then you fast forward what 14 years you know you end with disarmed and from Identity Crisis and then to the end of Disarmed, you have that completion because, you know, you start out kind of wondering, you know, what you're going to do. And I'm sure that they wondered what they were going to do next because I don't I think from the beginning they knew they didn't want to be stuck to one sound mm -hmm. or you know, if we want to break into theology. I don't think Dustin wanted to, you know, sing about the same stuff all the time as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get to Disarmed and uh now that uh, you have been disarmed, the last lyrics, 
we will cross over unharmed. It's kind of like a whole life in itself. Mm-hmm. It's like they had this journey through seven or eight albums, either depends on how you want to, you know, break up the alchemy index, but you have these albums. It's kind of like their journey through their own lives. And you could see like, you know, the things that Dustin was thinking from beginning all the way to the end, you know, how much as a Christian he is, how much his faith really took hold of him in lyric writing. And I was talking to someone about it when we were talking about how he would write about like, you know, Greek mythology and, you know, Icarus and uh, Daedalus, how he would kind of write those songs. I was like, yeah, he's singing. a. It's like a Greek mythology, but he puts it in a Christian perspective, but he does it in such a way that it's easy for everyone to listen to. It's not preachy. It's not mm-hmm. saying like, hey, you know, go to church, go get saved. No, it's it's something that's really easy to digest from any perspective. Yeah, um, I think that's just like the sign of a great lyricist, honestly. Like, it just appeals to everybody. Like, he could write books, and I'd buy all of them, like, regardless of what they were about, uh, just because his lyrics are just so just, like, rich and vivid, like, no matter what they're about. Um, Yeah, he's definitely cut above the rest. He really is. And the fact that he could sing and do the crazy things he does on guitar, uh, I mean... I first time I ever saw like live video of him doing under killing moon and singing while doing or whatever. Yeah, first time I saw that, I'm like, this is why I'm going to play bass. Cause I will never yeah. be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, playing, I play bass as well. Uh, and I'm on like the church's praise team and everything like that. And I can't even like play bass and like sing. And I'm just like, and he's over there doing like tapping stuff and singing it's like what brody any last things you want to say to the kill rock audience to the indie vision audience to josh murphy himself and to brandon jones uh i just want to uh encourage you uh at the kill rock podcast you're doing an awesome job Uh, you you got something really awesome going on something i love to check out every week um so much appreciate that I really want to thank you for having me on the show. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and, yeah, I want to thank everybody that checks out any of the reviews or any of the news on IVM. It's awesome. It's been really cool to see the site grow over the last three years. Um, yeah, I want to thank anybody that's going to check out the site uh, after listening to this. Um, I hope you guys find something that you like and enjoy. Uh, and I want to thank my awesome bosses, Brandon and Josh, for giving me this once-in-a-lifetime awesome opportunity to uh, fulfill one of my high school dreams. Uh, I definitely didn't think I'd be doing this back in high school, so it's fun. Awesome. Brody, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Let's do this again. This was so much fun. Uh, Here on the Kill Rock Podcast, the hashtag KRP, and everybody that is listening today, go check out IndieVisionMusic.com. It's where I got my start. You could check out all the videos of my really, really bad long hair, as well as you could check out Brody's reviews. You could check out everyone's reviews. Brody is honestly, he's probably one of my favorites, um, not just because he does the heavy music, but 
the way he writes about the heavy music. It's just, it puts a lot of emphasis on how an album really is, especially because it's super hard to review a metal album, especially nowadays because it's all the same. So if everyone listening, go check out his reviews. Go comment that on them. <laughs> let him know what he's doing bad as well as good. As well as us, you can let us know if we're doing bad or good. So Brody, thank you for coming on the show. Josh Murphy, thank you for having Brody come on the show, even though he probably didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a surprise to everybody. Let's hope it, he puts it on the Indivision, uh music.com news feed and it gets a million downloads so like i said thank you brody yeah thanks for having me and with that we want to thank brody for coming on to the kill rock podcast also thank josh and brandon for letting him come on the kill rock podcast i always had a good time writing on indie vision music uh i always have a good time reading the comments from the readers of indievisionmusic.com uh very interesting interesting and we didn't even get to talk about it during the interview but interesting uh demographic of people that read indivisionmusic.com whether they're like the super christians or they are the bad christians quote unquote i hope the majority of you guys got that joke maybe you didn't anyway uh you know got super excited in the beginning of the episode uh talking about indivisionmusic.com talking about front porch step well i wasn't really excited to talk about front porch step that's actually really sad stuff but uh the news was just so fresh that I had to talk about it but as you heard if you listen to the mid roll killrockpodcast.com is online and it's ready for you to check out. Uh, we're going to have, we have prior episodes posted up there. We also have a, a blog that's set up where we're going to try to write album reviews. We're going to try to just write our thoughts down um, as well as, you know, post news, uh, you know, for everything that's going on in the music industry, whether it be, you know, royalty rates spotify streams or those bands that are you know getting added onto warp tour we're gonna try to cover everything on the killrockpodcast.com uh website my girlfriend hates my show anyway we want to wish you guys a happy new year we didn't even get to do that in the beginning of the episode but happy new year to all of you i hope 2015 is full of joy and full of good music announcements up to the wazoo so stoked so stoked for 2015 and uh you can check out the killrockpodcast.com for all the news all the albums that are coming out all the new videos coming out everything we are gonna do everything next week here on the kill rock podcast we have band out of seattle washington they're called numbers you gotta go check them out they released an album last year called three and from what they have posted and what we talked about in the interview that we'll be releasing next week 2015 is going to be a huge year for them so stay tuned for numbers next week we are going to leave you with a song from 
three. But first, audibletrial.com slash killrock. That's all I should have to say. You should have already signed up. Have you? Have you gotten your free audiobook download? Have you gotten your free 30-day trial? I don't think you have. So go to audibletrial.com slash killrock. Help support the Killrock podcast, and you don't even have to spend a cent. All you have to do is sign up. Receive your free audiobook. Receive your free 30-day trial. Cancel any time, even though you don't even want to. You wouldn't even want to because the service is just that great. So audibletrial.com slash killrock. Like I said, we're going to finish a jam from the band Numbers. These guys are going to take over the world. This show is going downhill. This is their song, Truthbender, off their album three. Here on the Kill Rock Podcast. 